Welcome to the newest era of the Spidey Dude experience. We are beginning the era that is beyond. This time, we're going to be covering two issues, issues 75 and 76 of The Amazing Spider-Man, or if you like the legacy numbering, that would be 876 and 877. Here we are. It is now a new era. Ben Riley is back, and you know that I got some thoughts on that one. I want to thank, if you're watching us on YouTube, I want to thank uh, Neil Bogenreiter for his contributions. The new graphics are designed by him. Thank you, Neil. Of course, before we get started, I want to acknowledge our Patreon subscribers, guys like Vinkman, Scott, Greg, and Jurgen. Thank you. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Network. If you are a listener of... Voices from the Erie, a Gargoyles podcast, a new show that has launched. Uh, episodes 1, 2, and 3 are already on the page. So check that out. Patreon.com slash Spidey Network. More stuff to come. In this edition, we'll be talking about those two issues. Uh, I'll be talking a little bit about some, some life stuff that's going on with me. Uh, and uh, we will have our friends around us. So, with that, I welcome you in. Hello. Uh, Zach Joyner, executive producer of Spider Dude Radio Network here, and just want to say hi as we get started here. Uh, this new branding, obviously, we are, uh, we've, been, we've been sponsored by the Beyond Corporation, and so therefore, as a result... You get to see that. Uh, you get to see the new graphics. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed those as we've been teasing them. So, hello, Bob. Weep, Grenang, weep, ning, ning, bong. That's what, uh, <laughs> that's what Vakeman posted. Hello, SoFlo. Hello, Vakeman. Thank you. Thank you guys for your support. Of course, right now, it's just me and Beyond a Corporation headquarters. I'm human resources. There's a difference. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's the HR department of the Beyond Corporation. But right now, it's just me and Neil. Uh, our other Padres will be on shortly, allegedly. So it's probably a short episode. So it won't be a short episode, but Paul <laughs> and Adam will be, will be here in a little bit uh, to talk about things. So hopefully you guys will enjoy what we got to say. And so, okay, Neil, it's been a couple weeks. How's your life? It is plainly okay. Yeah, I, um, I noticed you got something in the background. Yeah, so this is kind of like my pseudo-graduation present from Zach. Um, this is the uh, House of X Cyclops fig Marvel Legends figure. Um, it's very pretty. It also comes with a Build-A-Figure Theta Sentinel. Um, yeah, the tri yeah, the, the tri um modern tri Yeah, from Powers of Ten. Yeah, so that is from the Power of Ten Wave, um House of X, Power of Ten Wave, uh that came out early last year. Yeah. They still had some on my uh, at my local Walmart. I bought this thing like three months ago. 
we've 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 had like opportunities to like cross over, but it never happened. We ended up we ended up hanging out in my garage as he handed this over to me. <laughs> Very briefly, because I was I, I I literally went. God, that was last week. So I drove Jesus back. Right. I, I drove back up here to Nebraska and left Neil, and that was like nine o'clock in the morning. I didn't get to Nebraska until one or almost two a.m. By the time I got started seeing double, and I was like, "No, this is not." So, uh, announcement: so There is an announcement. This is my final broadcast in the state of Nebraska. I will be. This is my final post. This is my final post on a co. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, this is my last broadcast in Nebraska. Also, disclaimer for five minutes into the episode: if you are an audio listener, uh, I highly encourage you to go check out the YouTube page. Go to YouTube.com/slash Dude Radio Network. Find us there. Uh, watch the videos. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a subscribe. It really helps the channel, helps the channel grow. I'm super excited for what the growth we've done in the last year, but I'm really looking to, to, to grow this continually. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can always leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. And when we do live callers, that will be the not only the voicemail line, you can call the voicemail line and we'll take your call live on air. Um Obviously, this is a big this is a big episode for for me. Uh, Maybe been, for you if you paid five ninety nine for this book. I I did. Um, we got some thoughts. I don't want to get into that just yet. Uh, Neil was asking me, "Is there Marvel Legends news?" The answer to that question is no. Wow, <laughs> the first episode in like three that we haven't had any Marvel Legends news. Uh, but that's because. PulseCon is this weekend. Oh, God. <laughs> so, like, literally, last week, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, I got Shout out to my our buddy Symbio Bro, Tyler. Um, I got the UPC for the PulseCon Venom because they can get them in Canada at, like, their EB games. You can't buy them until PulseCon weekend. But trying to snag one of those is going to be a freaking unmitigated nightmare. Now, for you guys remember a couple episodes ago, I talked about the uh, the Venom that was that's re- the repainted Venom that is done in the in the style of the animated series. Um of 90s show, the 90s animated series. Speaking of that, I do want to talk about that too. Now that I finally will be home, um, and now that 15.1 is going to be a thing, iOS 15.1, why, why is that, why is that, well, with the latest version of iOS, Zach has had a stroke, um, with the latest version of iOS, you can do basically create, you can screen share and it's called, um, uh, no, 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 no. This is my last broadcast. Finkman asked the question. For this show. It's my last episode for SD. In the breath. I still will be on tomorrow. Tomorrow's Make My Mayday will be on. Uh, we'll still be here live. Of course. 
Um, I don't know about next week. That to be determined. Um, I'll talk about that more on the next recording. But um, anyway, so what was I talking about? Uh, Marvel Legends. So yeah, so trying to find those things are going to be uh, the Venom things are going to be pretty pretty difficult because it's a Pulsecon exclusive. A lot of people were kind of upset that that was an exclusive. Exclusives are the bane of, of collectors' existences, especially if you're looking at Walgreens in particular. Um, those are always hard to find. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, speak. I was talking about iOS. Got back on my train of thought. So, with the new SharePlay feature, um, I can sit down and I can share with anybody whether they're on a desktop computer or um, a Android device, you don't have to have, and we can all FaceTime. And as we're FaceTiming, I can share what I'm watching on my Apple TV live. So we can do these group things. That's kind of what I'm thinking about doing these commentaries where our Patreons can join in on the fun if they want to and uh be a part of the episode and kind of build that community there so that's why i was talking about ios um so that feature 15.1 they did not roll out with um with ios 15 as they've often done lately they they kind of pull back a couple of features and do it in a future software update that way it's not done at launch and uh I've been on a beta for since June. So um, I've been having all these access to all these features um, since June of this year. But that's that's why I know that's going to be coming out at least next week because I got the Gold Master Edition of 15.1 this morning. So um, useless information for anybody that's not a tech nerd like me. But uh, it'll kind of help, I hope, foster the community. Uh, I'll send the link in our Discord if you are uh, wanting to be a part of that for our Patreon. Patreons will get first access, but then if you want to do more than that, you can always uh, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash network. Of course, our website, youtube.com slash network radio network. And uh, if you want to leave us an email, network at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Give us five stars on your favorite podcasting app. I just put this show, as well as all of our other shows, on iHeartRadio. So if you use iHeartRadio for your podcasts, you can now listen to us live there. Um, another big thing that I do want to mention. Um, so I am going to continue. Uh, I have almost got all the episodes that make my payday out. That are backlogged. I'm going to get all the episodes of this show out over the next few days. Uh, I think I have like four episodes of ASM Classics. There's only really one left of the originals. Uh, hang on, let me double check that. I don't want to speak. Um, so, yeah, there's one episode, there's two episodes left on ASM Classics, the lost episodes. Um, I've got 40 and 41, so I know um, that that's a thing. So, uh, 
just want to make sure everybody knows that we are trying to get those the backlog of episodes out. Um, season two of ASM Classics. I'm not going to give a date yet. Don't want to give a date yet until I uh, until we confer with Hobby back. Make sure they're they're kind of comfortable. Obviously, the other big announcement, and I was hoping he was going to be on so he could be with me as I make this announcement. But um, starting soon. Voices from the Erie will not be just a monthly show. It will be a bi-monthly show, so not just once a month. It'll be twice a month. Um, so, yeah. And Vinkman said he just finishing, finished listening to the recent audio versions of Make Mine Mayday. Good stuff, as always. So, yeah, check out Make Mine Mayday. We'll be broadcasting tomorrow, covering the next five issues of the Spider-Man title. So, so, real, so real quick, um, just as a note for our YouTube viewers, um, I noticed there is some graphical... Uh, screwery. Um, I'm planning to optimize this uh, by the next episode. I didn't yeah, plan on yeah. bringing it up, but yeah, we're st- we're we're gonna we're still working on some things. Um, I'm gonna try something live on here because why the hell not? Um, <laughs> my, kind of my priority. My priority was just giving us a new a new aesthetic. Yeah, and and to kind of differentiate ourselves between you know our season. Um, I'm very happy with how the aggressive reds and blues came out. Yeah, me too. Um, I I really also like uh, it's still our the circle. We have our our baby blue circle look, and I'm all for it because I think it's really cool. Oh, yeah. that actually that came out pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> really good. Um. So I really like the baby blue circle logo. That's what's on our Facebook page. I made made that the Instagram. Uh, we have so I, we have three different versions of, of, the, of the circle logo, other than the original. Big shout out to uh, Chitown Spidey for that original circle logo. Um, so. It was good to build off of. Uh, by the way, okay, Neil, have you seen Venom yet? The new one. Yes. Yes. Give me your non-spoil. Okay, I've already been spoiled on the after credit scene. Okay, so you want a non-spoiler thoughts on the movie? Yeah, give me okay. your. Th- uh, yeah. Okay, so Symbio Bro used a very good analogy that he stole from Reddit, which was, um, "It's a dumpster fire, but there's fireworks in the dumpster." For the first movie, um, the second movie is if the dumpster tipped over and the fireworks spilled out onto the street. Oh, it's not, as, it's not as it's not as entertaining as like it's not as entertainingly dumb or obnoxious as the first movie. I'll say that. Well, I, it, yeah, I mean, there's I, I have I have like the, okay. So you remember the lobster scene from the first Venom movie? Yeah, there was no there was no lobster scene. Well, I mean, I think Andy Circus did a pretty deep. Seems like he did a pretty good job coming in that role i i also read that he he uh he was glad for the delays <laughs> hang on he felt like that the cgi was gonna look far worse had they i want to i want to see what the film would have looked like before that though that's got me curious like the cgi does not do anything for me like uh, in the trailers and everything, I'm like, oh, this is like this is, this is. I'm honestly figuring. I'm honestly considering where this was worse than like the third act of Black Panther CGI. Ooh, 
Let me tell you, that's I love that's that a low movie. bar. That that look, that movie is great. Um, but I the rhin the rhinos and the train. We don't talk about those. Yeah, I. Well, like that's the level I'm kind of putting Venom's CGI at. And see, that's that's sad. It's sad that it has to come to that point. But like. I'm not surprised. Like the CGI is is always been one, and because they everything is everything's at night, so it's all so freaking dark. I remember being in the theater and just going, "God, this thing's dark," and not for like the reasons that you think. Not the good reasons. Yeah, it's it's it, like literally, I found myself straining to see. You should never. You that don't take that as a compliment. Any circus, you've not earned it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, who knows? I don't think it's going to earn any Oscar nomination. But it'll it'll get Sony enough money to justify a third film in the MCU. Yeah. I mean, this this does answer some questions that we've had with the Sony situation, Sony and Marvel, and this on what the terms of the new deal were. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think do you think it's more in Sony's favor now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. My, my I, I was watching a, uh, a video the other day last week. Maybe two weeks ago. That was last week, and and it was an essay on the Raimi, the third Raimi film. Was it the high? Was it high top? May have been high top production. Okay. And, you know, he's talking about how it's flawed, but it's a really good movie. And I, I'm not a hater of, of Spider-Man 3. I don't hate Spider-Man 3. It's got a lot of charm that, like, you don't you don't get in the first viewing. You have to sit through it to make it. There's still some things that are, are bad, but I understand the story reason for some of those things. The dancing Peter scene. That's that's fun. Like I, it, it's it is dumb and it has no real value to the film, but it's great. <laughs> it takes me out of the movie, which is which is the problem with it. However, if you're watching it, especially you know after watching one and two, that's how Peter Parker in the Raimi films would react. Well, well, there's also there, there's also a sense of irony to it. Like th- th- you can get a lot of ironic enjoyment out of it. Like if if you're a memer like me. Dancing Dancing Peter is um Dan- Dancing Peter is great for meme harvesting. I regret making the statement that the only way I watch the Venom movie is if alcohol is involved and I don't drink. Now I want to see it and I'm not looking forward to get myself buzzed. Um yeah, yeah. Uh just wait until it comes out streaming. Yeah, just wait until it gets like booted on the Netflix in a month. Yeah, um he also said, finally saw No Time to Die earlier today. I thought Bobby is I haven't seen No Time to Die. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that one. Uh, you know, I, I think it's... Listen, I have enjoyed every... I didn't hate Spectre. Did you like Quantum of Solace? Quantum of, uh, Quantum of Solace was okay. It was okay. It wasn't terrible. I felt like the script really let them down. 
Like, I really felt like the script and the villain were just so fundamentally bland. But Craig as Bond was good enough for me that I was... Okay, Quantum of Solace, I think, part of the problem of it is that everybody had such high expectations after after being blown away by Casino Royale that they... Well, also, there's the, there's the whole writer's strike thing involved because it's the same thing that happened with Transformers 2. Right. Oh, God, Transformers 2. Yeah, I mean, there was so much. And we almost had another strike uh, last week. I actually, I think we might, be getting, we might be getting one after all because, like, the members of the uh, IATSE, they weren't happy with the with the ones that the leader that the leadership uh, agreed to. Now, well, no, I think it's mostly post-production people, and this wait. comes and this and this comes into like a lot of labor issues. And it, it, this 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 is something that I'm that I consider myself well versed in, but not well enough versed in to like give the intricacies of labor disputes. But um, ten thousand foot view. Basically, the people that are your production assistants, post-production assistants. The people that get that are part of catering, the people that are you know the, the extras, people basically that are not directors, writers, and like the little guy, the, the, yeah, directors, writers, and actors and actresses, they're not involved. In this. They're not part of this union. This union is for everybody else. The people that make the production go, the set designers, things like that. So they had a, they were looked like they were going to be striking. Which was going to completely shut everything down. Any and all productions that were ongoing was going to be completely halted. Your favorite TV shows halted. Well, I know. I know. Like people, I I don't. I don't know what was going to be halted. I know there was like rumors that like the Batman was going to be held back because a lot of the a lot of it's it's still in post. So I it wouldn't surprise me though if I, I think can, can oh sorry it and Doc Strange. Are in post right now, which yeah. there was movement, and it doesn't really have anything to do with Spider-Man. MC, the MCU kind of they, they shifted. The it delayed like six films, right? Uh, three, three that I know of. So they were all for twenty. They were unannounced for twenty twenty three, and uh, basically moved completely out of the, of the February slot. That's when Doctor Strange was supposed to come out. But instead of there being three months between films, they're doing five months between films. Because I think they want the, the theatrical releases to be a little longer now that things are starting to be a little healthier. Yeah. Um, I think they want to extend their window a little bit because right now the Marvel movies and No Time to Die are pretty much the only thing that are making money right now. Shang-Chi Shang and uh, No Time to Die made bank. Yeah, and Shang-Chi was really pretty good. I enjoyed it quite early. I again, I had, I had. I'll tell you, I have zero expectations of Eternals. Like I'm going in there completely gone. I'm I'm actually surprised because I've heard like generally people are liking it, which like even not even like the critics, which you know are kind of like I hate, I hate to say paid to like the movie, but you know they the early reactions. The, the early reactions are pretty positive, which kind of surprised me considering I've heard nothing but like. Eh, over uh, Eternals. Eternals to me was is the film that I think everyone kind of had no expectations for. Yeah, because like unless you're a hardcore Kirby fan, 
And even then, everyone's kind of like, I can't think of anyone who has like a fairly consistent opinion on Eternals. Like to me, more people care about Gaiman's Eternals than they do about Kirby's. To be honest, if if I when I talk to people on the street, well, not on the street, but like when I talk to people in like comic shops, yeah. they tend to talk more about Gaiman's run than they do about Kirby's. Yeah, Gaiman's run, I, I think, obviously is the is the most modern thing, and I think they're going to be lifting elements from both. I just think that it's really, to me, is the biggest risk since Guardians. Yeah. Well, and and to be fair, um, I think. Even even removing the character type, the character names, even if an MC, even if it's an MC movie, those movies are pretty much guaranteed to sell tickets. Like yeah. everyone's saying that everyone's saying that Captain Marvel was gonna flop was dumb. No, I, I this this is the one that I'm going. I don't know if it does. Well. It'll break even, but I don't think it'll like you know make gangbusters. This will be like a. Like, it honestly felt like the Oscar bait for for MCU. Well, because Chloe Zhao and Chloe Zhao did That's like Nomadland. Yeah, being be, Kong Zha being involved and, and everything, and I just I don't know. It, it's one of those that I'm I'm going in with no expectations, uh, and I'm I'm going in with moderate expectations for No Way Home, but I also am not one of those sycophants that think that you know they're trying to will something into existence that may not happen, and people need to understand that. So. God, we're, but we're but like going but going back to like the labor dispute like the AITSC yeah, thing yeah, yeah. like but but um Ruby Rose the the person who played the uh first Kate Kane on Batwoman she did a whole like in dump on her Instagram about like how badly things were going behind the scenes like this is why people are striking um do you mind if I go through some of this real quick yeah I mean it's it's superhero related so we can keep it yeah I mean that's fine I mean it, it but it kind of ties into our theme of like the IATSC. What? While we're waiting on people to show up. Yeah. So basically, um, she said, um, I'm going to tell the whole world what really happened on that. So this is during the first season when Ruby Rose was still cast as Kate Kane. Yeah, because, okay, let, to take it back for a minute, she left after season one. And then they replaced her with, um, who who was it? Uh, uh, Ryan Wilder was the character. I don't remember the actress because I haven't seen Batman since that season. Um, and then she's coming but the character's coming back, but Wallace Day is ca- is recast as Kate Kane. Yeah, so they, they recast re- recast her as Kate, which is the first like time we've seen a recasting of this size in the Arrowverse. CW, yeah. CWverse or the Bertinelliverse, as as uh, as uh, Amel would would call it. But yeah. But um, so let's see. Um... According to her, Peter Roth, who is the former Warner Brothers Television Group chairman, um, apparently she had she, he had uh, young women steam his pants around his crotch while he was wearing them, um, and then he allegedly hired a private investigator on her as who he fired as soon as it didn't report fit as soon as the report didn't fit his narrative, um, and then. Ruby Rose went on to share videos from a doctor's office, like tangible video evidence uh, pertaining to the neck injury she suffered while filming Batwoman, like the one that like was reported as the main cause for her leaving the show. Yeah. So yeah, there was reports that she got injured on set and that, and that, that physically took a a massive toll on her body. Yeah. And so um, she pointed out the main, another, there was more, there was a major rib injury and a tumor and then um, she was like, 
to everyone who said I was too stiff in like my last couple of episodes of Batwoman, this was why. Um, imagine going back to work ten days after this prognosis. Like, that's insane. Um, and then Peter Roth said that uh, if she if she didn't come back to work, um, he wouldn't recast her, and um, the whole cast and crew would be fired. Uh, and then um, she didn't want she didn't want the burden of you know dozens of people losing their jobs. So I, I, I think, I, you know, I don't like Batwoman. I think it's not a good show, but the fact that she went back and did like her last few episodes in order to get recap, that's, that's some professionalism right there. Well, I'm considering that the, that the narrative that had been put out there was she is, you know, she is, she's difficult to work with. Um, Listen, I mean, well, no amount, wonder she's difficult to work with because her freaking neck is broken. The, well, the the amount of and this is what people also need to understand: the amount of physical uh, issues that take um, that it takes to be a superhero on screen. It's a massive undertaking, and you know, I, and she I does know, her own stunts, which which is big. Uh, you know, this is the live by the sword, die by the sword type thing. But so. yes, yeah, so so it goes on further. It's not just her. So a crew member got third degree burns over his whole body during filming f- from an accident, and they were never given any therapy. Like the 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 crew was never given like therapy to like process, process the incident. Yeah, um, she was the only one who sent him flowers and cards. But then they were told we had to do a sex scene without a minute to process. Um, we lost two stunt doubles. I got cut in the face so close to my eye in a stunt I could have been blind. Oh, here we go. This is this is the big one. Um, a woman was left parapo- quadriplegic, like she's lost all f- all of her limbs or lost feeling in all of her limbs, and they tried to blame it on her being on her phone so much that CW Wood didn't even help her to start with because they need to investigate. Like they need to like investigate. So she had to do a GoFundMe. She's a PA. They work through their phones. Her accident rec- her accident occurred because our show refused to shut down. Everyone else did because of COVID. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make the connection. My connection to how it relates to COVID is either like there weren't as many people on set to be able to help her or like man a certain prop or something. Yeah, that, that part doesn't make sense to me. It's- or the other alternative I have is that the, is that the hospitals were so badly overwhelmed that like they couldn't process her through and she they couldn't save her uh limbs so i'm wondering if that's the connection but like the amount of people who like are saying that they deserve this just because they hate batwoman um imagine siding with the mega corporation against people doing their jobs (laughs) yeah listen i listen batwoman isn't i don't like batwoman um i don't think it's a good show but but i can't imagine ever being lacking the principle to say like i think that they deserve this even though i don't like their show like imagine having that little soul in your in your body that's a night absolutely ass i just i don't understand that all right speaking of uh no i'm just kidding um, <laughs> speaking oh. of workplace accidents <laughs> uh, is here so welcome adam hello i was so- going to wear I wanted to wear my rental tux, but I had to take it back. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. So now that we got three people here and we're 30 minutes yes. in, 
Because I don't know if this is going to be on the audio version. I don't know. I may edit. <laughs> I may edit this. It's good commentary. I mean, it's good it, commentary. It, so, so it just I'll, doesn't. It just doesn't fit within our audio version. I'll have to, I'll have to edit the show notes and, and got to insert that in there. So, all right, now we got Adam here. Uh, we'll get Paul here in a little bit. He's let's at work. Talk, <laughs> yeah, let's talk a little bit about our newest issue. issue yeah. 75, 576. Uh, Neil's going to do the recap. We're going to make it a little briefer than last issue. Hopefully, because this, is, because this is not a $10 issue of 80 pages, right. yeah. this won't take as long. I promise. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay, Amazing Spider-Man number... Oh my god, my chair is creaking again. I'm so sad. I'm working on getting a chair, I promise. Um, anyways, Amazing Spider-Man number 75, Beyond Chapter 1, Legacy Numbering 876. Uh, written by Zeb Wells, art by Pat Gleason, and um, colors by Marcio Menez. I think that's how you pronounce their name. I have no idea. Um, so anyways... For the past 74 issues, uh, we have been privy to Kindred, a being who has been telling Peter to confess, at least until issue 55. At least until issue 55. Um, we never did figure out what he wanted Peter to confess to until now. Zeb Wells has given us exactly uh, what Kindred <laughs> wanted Peter to confess to, and that was when he was six years old and stole some gum. Uh, so Peter is sad. Uh, Aunt May is mad at him, and Peter goes to talk to Uncle Ben. And Uncle Ben turns out has a giant hole in his face. And if you guys know what the Beyond Corporation is, uh, you know that's their calling card. So Peter wakes up um, and realizes, well, I'm deep in credit card debt, and I don't. And Harry's been dead for two weeks. I'm out of here. So Peter avoids responsibility and climbs up onto the roof. Um, suits up as Spider-Man, only to see, dun dun dun. Spider-Man. Whoa. And Peter swears because we're back in brand new day again. Um, and Peter gives chase uh, saying, hey, Spider-Verse, what gives? You should at least check in. Uh, and Spider and Spider-Man 2 tells Peter to shush. Peter doesn't take it well and a fight scene ensues where Spider-Man 2 just runs away. Um, uh, deploying a spinneret to... Uh, trap Peter and tell him to rethink his life. Uh, the next morning, Peter uh, goes to Empire State and basically gets brand new day style thrashed by his classmates uh, who say that maybe Dr. Connors will give him an extension. Um, and as Peter kind of reflects on this, um, Peter is accosted by Ben Riley, who is wearing the Ned Leeds suit from ASM 67 through ASM 69 chameleon conspiracy. <laughs> Um, so they go to have lunch and, uh, they have a back and forth where Ben reveals that the beyond corporation has trademarked, uh, has bought the trademark to Spider-Man, uh, a trademark that Otto established when he was the superior Spider-Man and Ben, uh, is now the beyond corporations, uh, corporate Spider-Man. Um, and they're paying him stupid money. And as Ben leaves, basically telling Peter, I'm not asking to be Spider-Man. I am being Spider-Man. Uh, ben goes to uh, the Lower East Side to Beyond Tower in a gorgeous uh, splash page spread by Gleason. God, we'll talk about Gleason later, but he knocked it out of the park with this issue. Just put, put that in mind. 
So uh, Ben gets uh, verified by um, Langston, the Beyond Towers AI, as Janine becomes uh, a Silver Age girlfriend, sitting there mm-hmm. and looking pretty for Ben when he comes home. Um, but someone cleaned uh, Ben's piano, I guess, and made sushi for them. Uh, Marcus, the uh, guy, I, I I don't know how else to describe him. He's just a guy. Um, he's like his handler. Yeah, he, right? he's he's Ben's handler. Yeah, he um, comes in and gets Peter. Er, gets Jesus Christ. <laughs> gets, he gets Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Peter number two. I mean, we're get we're Clone Saga four now, boys. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyways, we go from one happy redhead to a sad redhead. Uh, MJ is kind of trying to get through the Peter and um, they kind of talk about Ben Riley and MJ gets uncharacteristically wary. She's like, Oh, it's Ben Riley. All right. Um, and then Peter gets a text from one of his classmates at ESU saying that there's an explosion. And MJ tells Peter, you know, you have to process this. You have to process Harry. Peter says, no, not right now. Bye. Um, and at Empire State, it's not Taskmaster and Black Ant. It is not the Sinister Six. It's the UFOs. That's right. We're fighting Hulk villains now. You got Rhino. We get the UFOs. There you um, go. So Peter lands in, makes an unfunny joke, and um, turns out Ben made that same joke already. Uh, it's one big fight scene um, where Peter and Ben team up and actually begin routing the UFOs. And so uh, is it Vec- Is it X-Ray? The orange one? I keep forgetting. Zach? I don't know. I, I know nothing about the UFOs. Okay, so the orange one um, surrounds them in smoke, and um, I think it's Vector. No, X-Ray is the pink one. Okay, I think Vector is the orange one. So, uh, X-Ray lights up uh, vape- Vapor's clouds, and there's a giant basically atom bomb explosion. Um... Ben makes it out okay and actually manages to take down X-Ray um, using his lead-lined gloves and radiation shielding. But Peter wasn't so lucky. He didn't have the advanced Beyond Corporation tech and begins throwing up on the ground um, from radiation poisoning. And Peter is in Ben's arms as Ben says to hold on. To be continued next week. Now. <laughs> do we want to do the backups real quick? Sure. I think. Yeah, okay. So um, the backup was by Kelly Thompson with art by Travel Foreman uh, and colors by Jim Campbell. Uh, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing are fighting uh, weird f- battle toads in uh, <laughs> New York streets. I don't know what are these things. <laughs> I don't know. They're like lizards. Yeah, they look something. like battle. They look like battle toads. So I'm kind of calling them the battle toads. So they fight off these the things toads. in New York <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Ninja Turtles were busy. The battle toads are suddenly. Oh, yeah, there you go. But um, but anyways, um, Misty and Colleen have a little bit of banter, but then um, Ben Riley comes in and tries to recruit them. So, Zach, I'll admit my knowledge of the Ben era is a little rusty right now. Did Misty know Ben's secret identity? I okay, so. This this kind of caught me off guard, and we'll kind of I, I, I'll finish the recap real quick for the next one. It's basically Doctor Kafka getting recruited to help to be Ben's therapist, but um, mm-hmm. I actually like that one a bit more than, than the yeah. first backup. But so that actually is uh, Misty Knight knowing about Ben is from the Iron Man run. 
Oh, from uh, the sense. from the Cantwell Iron Man run. Yes, the recent yeah, recent Iron Man run. So that's okay. I I didn't. I don't remember him telling her her his name. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Um, but that that part that, that I think that piece is not. So I, oh, I, I say that because Ben has been basically useless in the Iron Man run. <laughs> he hasn't done anything. <laughs> so oh, uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, apparently, Comic Bench needs in here. That's, 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 that's my fault. Uh, I have it on mute. Assuming Neil's just praising Zeb. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> I just read Amazing Spider-Man 76 this morning. It was fair from what I could gather. Uh, Soflo gave it a C. So, yeah. Uh, continue on. So, so yeah. That, basically, that's that's. Um, God damn. Don't disassemble your chair again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach, you didn't see me take apart oh, my chair on stream. That was fun. Oh, nice. Don't miss Ben Riley Spider-Man. Um, yeah, so that's going to be a interesting. Uh, God, this this artwork is so good. It's coming this January. <laughs> uh, so apparently, it's going to. Uh, oh, the Ben Riley Spider-Man run. Yeah, that's that's Steven is going to fill in some gaps too. So. Uh, it is gonna, yeah, he's doing the Untold Tales. Yeah, Untold Tales. All right, so um, let's talk. Let's go ahead and do the recaps for both. Okay. Yeah, like that's a good idea. That's, and it's that, one big story. It's one big story. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that I was going to suggest that anyway. By that point, Paul will be here. Yeah. Okay. So, Amazing Spider-Man number seventy-six, Beyond Chapter Two. I think just assume that every chapter is just Beyond Chapter Blank. Yeah. Apparently, by the way, also yeah. in the letters page, they do say it's going to be a nineteen-part story. It's only oh, six yeah. months. So I was actually kind of surprised yeah. they didn't stretch it up to to nine hundred. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm but anyways, um, <laughs> but um, ASM seventy six uh, legacy number eight seventy seven, um, written by Zeb Wells and drawn by Pat Gleason again with colors by Marcio Menes, um, Aunt May who's subse- who subsequently turned into Anna Watson off screen uh, gets a phone call that um, Peter's at McCarthy Medical Center. Uh, turns out it was Ben impersonating Peter, but Aunt May could see right through it and runs off. But um, MJ arrives on scene and um, goes, wait, what brother? What brother brought him here? But Peter's on the um, on the on the uh, drip. Not 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 that cool kid drip that uh, you're going to die drip. Yeah. Um, and he's saying the danger is inside in my body trying to kill me. But um, anyways, that's not important. Back to Beyond Tower, Janine is, like I said, back to Silver Age Girlfriend. She's just sipping some champagne. But um, <laughs> Marcus is a little upset because Ben ditched his suit to get Peter to, to get Peter help. Um, but Ben kind of walks around by saying, you know, you didn't want me to reveal Peter's identity. So, or, you know, you didn't want me to reveal Spider-Man's identity so we don't get legally complicated with this. And then it's like, okay, so we need to um, get the UFOs. Ben says, "Eh, maybe later. Well, time to go to the, time to go to therapy with Dr. Kafka." But um, back at McCarthy, uh, MJ sitting with Peter um, when Aunt May comes in, and um, Peter wakes up, and they kind of have some light banter. And um, as Aunt May runs off 
to um, give the doctor a piece of his mind and get Peter the treatment he needs, look at MJ's finger on the last panel of that page. It's barely noticeable, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think um, was it Hornacek who pointed it out? Zach, do you have it? Do you have it? Do you have a vis- like a digital example? Because I can pull it up if you don't. Hang on, I'm getting it real quick. So, anyways, how how was the weather over in Nevada? Hang on, I'm sure I'm screen sharing. There it is. Oh, you already. That's gonna feel important. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> yeah so what's yeah. that yeah what is that <laughs> so pat, either pat gleason didn't read asm 74 or um <laughs> he chose to ignore it either way what a chad <laughs> <laughs> zach you're muted something changed there uh uh damn i guess Audrey. editorial does want peter and MJ together after all <laughs> Um, but anyways, um, after after that little aneurysm from all of us, um, we cut back to Beyond <laughs> Tower, where Misty and Colleen are briefing Ben and giving him some super tech to take out the UFOs. Um, and Ben's mind isn't really in the game right now. He's a little upset about what happened with Peter, and so he um, takes off, surprising uh, everyone there. Um and arriving at McCarthy just as um, an ad for Avengers number 50 comes up. That's great. Um, but uh, Ben knocks on the door and arrives, and MJ kind of gives him a verbal, th- like the beginning of a verbal thrashing, and Peter says, you know, you might as well start talking because I can't stop her from attacking you. And Ben says, um, you know what, I, I kind of went about this the wrong way. Um, this is me asking to be Spider-Man. And... Um, Peter um, gives Ben his blessing to be the amazing Spider-Man for now, just as just until the anniversary issue to get a milestone out of it. They got to make money somehow. Um, and MJ kind of asks Peter what's wrong, and Peter says he can't feel his body, and he begins convulsing and seizing. Um, and Peter's mouth clenches, and they're trying to get his mouth open, and MJ and just in case you thought this wasn't an act, the first panel with the ring was an accident. It's there again. So this definitely isn't, this definitely isn't like Gleason just making a mistake. This is very deliberate (laughs) because it appeared at least, especially here. Yeah. It's it's very visibly. Yeah. You can, you can definitely see that it is a ring on a finger. This isn't just like a, um, this isn't just like a slip of the ink. This isn't a Joe Bennett tier mistake. This is very <laughs> deliberate. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't a mistake in 42. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so anyway, Peter goes into a coma. Uh, the Beyond Corporation tracks uh, the UFOs to um, an abandoned building. And uh, Vapor goes, you hear that? And all of a sudden... Um, she gets bald. Yeah, a bunch of giant metal balls <laughs> come out and suck her up. Um, and then Ben comes out of the comes out and chafes uh, X-ray with some lead, uh, and uses these weird metal bracelets that are basically his web shooters to 
hit Ironclad with a beam from uh, Vector, and Vector is panicked. He goes Spider Man, and Ben comes out of the comes out of the mist and darkness, hands smoking, and saying, "Hell yes, Spider Man, to be continued with Thompson and Pacelli." Okay, next week. That's it. So coming out next week. Um, yeah, so that is the that is the uh, so that happened. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Yeah. So, okay, um, hopefully, comic binge, you can jump on and <laughs> your, your thoughts. But what is your grade? Uh, let's let's separate the grades. You know, what's your grade? So my grade for seventy five was originally going to be a C, but it's actually but I've actually kind of this issue's grown on me. I'm giving it a B. And then I'm actually get willing to give 76 a B plus. I almost give it an A minus. I'm not there yet, but it, it's definitely an improvement over 75. So a B and a B plus. Yep. Plus for Neil. Uh, Adam, what is your grade? Both Bs. B and B. Adam's grade, B and B. Oh, sorry. Uh, I know what my grade's gonna be, and uh oh, shut up, you shill. <laughs> You're paying. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it is a B minus and a B minus. Now, oh, B minus is retroactive. Uh, originally, this was a C. I, really? I did not like it. Um, there's a, I have some, I have problems with a couple of things and I'll get into that in a minute, but I'm going to let everybody else talk and I'll, 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 I'll get into what my issues are. So let's get like the universal pros out of the way. Like, let's talk about that art. The yeah. artwork's great. Uh, Pat Gleason yes, it knocked is. it out of the park. Uh, this is some of Gleason's best work. Um, I, I think this is, um, really, really good. There was this, we're, we're, Paul. You could you could have told us you were gonna miss this. Yeah, well, you can jump in. So, I, like, I okay. The problem that I have with this is, like, I, like Gleason is is a it's a on top of like where was this Gleason yeah. during Spencer's run? Um, uh, he was there. I mean, he was this there. Is... I, just I just think that there was deadline issues. At the time. Uh, I I don't say that, but like, yeah, this is like. Spencer Gleason's art in in like his in Spencer's one was great, but like this is a step above that. This is like some of the best Spider-Man out of the modern era I've ever seen. I I don't say that with any sense of irony. He draws a good Spider-Man. He draws a great everybody. I, he, my only con is like Aunt May. Like he draws Aunt May looking like Anna Watson. That that the thing is, I think when you look at at first during that it's opening thing when, she, when she's it's on the phone, yeah, because yeah. like I think really what it is, is she's just wearing big clothes, like big comfy, you know, old lady clothes. <laughs> There's a good ad for Hulk in here. I'm not going to read Kate's. I'm not going to read Kate's Hulk, but I, but it's a good ad. Uh, Aunt May was fine. I was good to see Aunt May. Um, Where's she been? I, she, Aunt May's she, characterization I, is a big pro. Uh, her characterization is good. Um, I, I I did laugh about the whole bit where after talking with your aunt and getting <laughs> some very I'm gonna send her I'm gonna send her your radiologist way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very profound personal attacks. Uh, we're gonna do you know she, that that aunt may I like. 
Um, MJ hating Ben. That was a weird one. It's a con. It's a con because that should not be that way. The last time that they saw each other, okay, Ben died. <laughs> no, the last time they saw each other, Ben and Peter were playing. Were literally battleship. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's part one of Revelations. They never interacted during Clone Conspiracy. Yeah, they've not interacted since. I get there being some negativity in in Gay's brain, but at what point? Dude, the, the, the characterization has to fit. It does not fit, and so that to me is a is a big con. Um, secondly, and I kind of attribute this to the status quo. Ben's voice feels off to me. Right. It, it felt a lot pricklier. It, it feels like he, he's he's much more of a dick here. Uh, the scenes with him and Janine are great, but it's kind of generic. There's no mm -hmm. depth. That's what I, that's what I was saying when I when it kind of felt like Janine kind of regressed into being like a Silver Age girlfriend. Yeah. Where she's so, kind of just there to be not eye candy, but like, you know. I can understand her being the sounding board for Ben. Don't misunderstand. But they haven't done anything with it. But but let, let's get some depth to this. Okay? We, we, gotta, we gotta justify bringing her back in. That could be coming. We're, just, so we're two issues in. That could be coming. And the, most of the focus has been on Peter. So The focus has been on Peter. Obviously, I don't love Ben or Peter jobbing out to Ben. That that's never been something that I've yeah. wanted. Ever. What I I want them to peacefully coexist. What I see on the covers excites me. Right. That, like I'm like, oh yeah, Ben, Peter fighting side by side. I've always Alexa, liked that. So yeah, yeah, Alexa, turn off the living room. But uh, you know, <laughs> uh you know, so I just made it like a bunch of Alexa devices go off. If you're listening to us, <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, seriously, it, it is really, really profound that like, this is the first time we're getting Ben in here. And, and so that some of the characterization is, and it's him and Peter being kind of really standoffish. Yeah. yeah and, be, and look, I get that part of that is, is the after effects of, of, Clone conspiracy and somewhat with our Spider Geddon, and I and I think he has a bit more, not a bit more to lose, but like he, but he has kind of adopted like that corporate speak that I was trained to look out for in college. Yeah, I, well, I, he, has, I, he has a lot to lose. So there's more to the story. We don't know how he got recruited. We don't know why he got recruited. Yeah. It's going to be folding, unfolding. So I'm willing to reserve judgment for later. But I, I, you know, it just kind again. This kind of super reminiscent to me of, of the beginning of brand new day and not, and hopefully this is, I mean, obviously because it's a 19 part story and it's a little tighter connected. So we'll see, but I, I, I'm excited. I am excited for next week. Too, not going to lie. Um, the Thompson Pacelli issue with, uh, yeah, was it I robot think, master? Yeah, I think, I think Kelly Thompson will be, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I'm lo genuinely looking forward to seeing her and Pacelli, you know, rock it out. Um, I did like the Peter MJ stuff. Like I, I know that like the wariness towards Ben was something you didn't like, but I kind of like Peter and MJ's kind of. They don't know where they are right now. Mm -hmm. I do like that they're that they're not just sweeping it under the rug, and that there is a residual a bit problem. of transition to this. My 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 big con was the kind of brand new dayization of Peter. 
like you kind of touched on it earlier, but I kind of want to expand on that. Like Peter's kind of running away from his problems. He's debt. He's deep in like credit card debt. Like he's falling behind on ESU class. He's falling behind in classes in ESU. And I, I will say something that sets this apart from Brand New Day is that like there is an actual reason for Peter being like this down in the dumps instead of just being like sad for the sake of the narrative, making him sad. Where where the it actually feels like the plot and its after effects are driving the story as opposed to a manifesto being written by an editor is what's yeah. driving <laughs> P- Peter genuinely seems to be like reeling from the um, effects of the Kindred saga. And that doesn't yeah. necessarily excuse like the kind of put upon nature that they give Peter, but it at least doesn't feel manufactured specifically out of a need to justify one more day. Where like Peter's not like macking out with chicks at a random bar and yeah, um, obviously the ring thing is is going to be something that a lot of marriage fans are going to obviously look at. Did, are they married? Are they engaged? Did did he ask her to marry her at the end of seventy seventy five? And that right. story that we're going to pick up on after beyond. I don't know. Uh, I am shocked that they didn't, they didn't make this last to nine hundred. But I kind of feel like that whoever they're bringing in beyond beyond. I hope it's Jed McKay. <laughs> um, whoever it is, they're going to get to build, like, uh, they're going to make a splash with 900. Next year is... I hope so. It's it's the, it's the 60th anniversary. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'm... So, you know, the, the build-up begins. Um, yeah. I, I like it. I mean, I, I don't dislike it. I gave both of them B-minuses. Um, artwork... Really, really, really shines here. Um, Pat Gleason pretty much carries the narrative framing of this whole thing. I sure. think the, making the UFOs the first villains, though, was a bit of a mistake. I, I know, kind of I disagree on a thematic level. I I know if it was the Wrecking Crew, mm. I'm, I'm more familiar with that those characters. I just don't know anything about the UFOs, and so for somebody who's a huge Spider-Man fan. I love Marvel. There are certain characters that are just in my blind spot. And the Hulk is generally one of my blind spots. And so when you bring in Hulk characters, I have no freaking clue who they are. So I just... Well, one's a, well, one's a cloud, one's Colossus, um, one has stripes, <laughs> and one is pink. Yeah, I, I just... There you uh, go. <laughs> I did it, guys. I made the UFOs. I, I, I just... I, again, I, I know why they did it in, in this story-wise. I just don't understand using UFOs for this opening story. Not I mean, the Wrecking Crew isn't going to incapacitate Peter. I don't think really. Also, they they I gave mean, a unique they gave a unique they they made a unique way of getting Peter out of the fight, like with radiation poisoning. I feel like that yeah. that but, is a more niche. Yeah, me- that's it. Also, it also kind of. But uh, I've seen the song and dance during the Clone Saga when they literally killed Peter off. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say like one of the problems. Him. One of the problems of this is is just that um, it it seems like we've done this before, you know. I wonder if that's what they're making people going like, remember this? Yeah, well, it's like it's like one of those yeah. things when, I, when I'm sitting here reading it, I'm like, I, we've played this song and dance in the Clone Saga. Literally, we played the song and dance during the yeah. other. We played the song and dance multiple times with Peter getting killed, and then you know miraculously coming back. Obviously, you know it's what. I, I just I get very frustrated because I'm like we're re- we're going back to this well. I get that we're trying to make stakes for Ben, 
and trying to get Ben to see that there is more to being Spider-Man than whatever the corporate speak BS that the Beyond Corporation has pumped in his head. But I need more. Like, um, I, I want the characters to stand on their own. I want them just to do the things that they're you know, supposed to do. So I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I, I wish Paul was here. Um, I, I don't. Oh, you should, should Paul. You should join the call. Yeah. Um, I know he, he got stuck at work, and so yeah. Um, oh, by the way, so everybody knows. I'll have. Uh, we'll have a better view of my schedule and the scheduling starting week after next. Um, so obviously the holidays are going to be hitting us as well. So stay tuned for that. Spidey events. Um, don't send things in the mail. They're going to get broken. Yeah. I'm terrified of sending anything in the mail right now. Yeah. I've got, I've, I did a commission recently and I'm terrified to send it to him in the mail. I'm like, he's, he's, it's lucky that he's coming to where I come to the area where I live so I can give it to him in person, but you know, which is not too far from the area that I live. Uh, by the way, feel like when we do those commentaries, you just have to come to the house. I'll set up the I'll set up the soundboard. I'll use the Bluetooth to connect to the audio. It's my show now. I'm taking over. I'm Spidey Dude now. <laughs> uh, look at me. I'm the Spidey Dude now. Gun. <laughs> um, oh, what'd you think of the backups? By the way, uh, backups were were inoffensive. I I, I think it's kind of yeah. funny on the artwork on the first one with Misty Knight. Um, it's I didn't. Like, I didn't. I didn't hate Travel Foreman this time. Uh, it seemed like to me that that the, he drew the original costume, and then they went in and put Ben's like spider symbol in there, like Oops. either. <laughs> oh, because oh way, yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Oops on that. Um. I want to know what happened to this girl in spider costume. I, you know, I know they, had, they put in a that, they put in a plastic bag and they threw it in a van. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the thing is, see, that's the thing too. Like this. Oh, do we want to do we want to talk about the? This is coming out of nowhere. Oh yeah, we do need to. Uh, did we? I thought we did talk. We about didn't. It. I don't think. I don't think we did. But it, that's just like, oh. Do you do you want to talk about it real quick? So I, I'll talk about how I acquired it like two weeks early. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I got it right here. Nice. So, um, for those that don't know how this how how free comic book day works, um. Retailers have to pick. <laughs> Sorry, I saw Vickman's comment. That just got. Oh. <laughs> Talks nothing about Transformers. Um, so, uh, for contrary to popular belief, the Free Comic Book Day comics that are given out to you on Free Comic Book Day are not, in fact, free. They cost the retailer about 30 cents a book. And so this year, because they had a huge backlog of things that were going to come out on Free Comic Book Day last year and this year, there's like there was like 30 titles. So retailers started getting them like four weeks in advance, almost a month in advance. This was during the Penguin uh, switchover, right? Yeah. And so um, a comic book shop that I was that I frequent happened to have them. Now, I didn't say that I had gotten it and acquired it a few weeks early, but I actually... Now, I'm going to tell you, 
there's there's really nothing to the issue. Okay. Um, yeah. Ben fights Bushwhacker. Ben, ben yeah. fights Bushwhacker. Um, it's revealed that Ben is going is the guy under the Spider-Man suit. We see some of the big players. Uh, the mysterious guy with glasses. I can't remember the guy's name. Marcus. You know? It's Marcus something. Marcus from Beyond Corporation. He's kind of a douche. Yeah. Um, and I think he's being written that way on purpose. Because and I kind of like it as a contrast to Ben, because Ben, because Ben isn't necessarily like prickly around him. But Ben's ben just like happy-go-lucky, sort of like, okay, sure, I'll be Spider-Man. Yeah, like, like, like at the Beyond Corporation, like, like I noticed there's a kind of a complete 180 from how Ben um, acts around other people, and then contrasts it against um, the Beyond Corporation of folks like Janine and this Marcus guy. Yeah. Like he, he seems he seems to be like an actual voice of reason within that group, right? Well, I mean, he's like, well, you, you're, there's no other Spider-Man, blah blah blah, and, and and I did like that that Colleen and, and Misty were like, dude, bro, like show some respect, show some respect. Yeah. That's basically his brother. Um, my big question: Where the hell's Kane? In all this, huh. I'm kind of watching. <laughs> he's often he's often Mexico with. Watching from the shadows because I need to know. Yep. I need in my life. No, I'm just watches like it, it's revealed that like Ben's been hiding in Mexico with Hummingbird. He's like, I don't want any part in this beyond shit. <laughs> uh, see, okay, and we kind of talked about this, Matt, but but I'll, I'll, I'll briefly touch upon it again. He says, I hope that Marvel wake up and give us eventually a different take on, on, on Spider Man by having him being married when he has to change, but i can't see him as a look look my guy i at this point peter and mj are pretty much they they don't live together but like spencer's running yeah. them with pretty much living together yeah uh, that's, that's that's the best we're gonna get and i think the marriage the, the whole marriage thing <laughs> kane's watching this <laughs> hi, hi kane hi kane it's good to watch it's good to see you um which is kind of a reference to tomorrow's make my mayday uh so i, I again i, I we can sit there and, and debate the marriage, no marriage, all day long at Aussie. Yeah. But at a certain point, um, everyone needs a Spider-Man, even married people too. I, I, again, the argument to me, I, I get it. The fetishization of there you go, Peter's, young Spider-Man. Well, Peter's high school years, right revisionist history that I think is primarily driven by the fact that Ultimate Spider-Man was so successful by going back to basics and taking it back to high school. Mm -hmm. And so I think it colored everybody's perception, an entire generation of people. And how, it doesn't help that the cartoons have always been about being, has always been about Peter in high school. Like the, the animated yeah. series one had like him in college, but yeah, 90s yeah. show, had but, but, but spec, but spec uh, ultimate and the, uh, the new one that Slot and Casada show ran, um, Marvel mm -hmm. Spider -Man. Yeah, they all had him in high school, and that's kind of colored the every man's perception. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, but well, Ben was supposed to be in uh, Sins Rising, but he wasn't. Yeah, that, again, there's there's so much things that we don't know. I'm waiting for Spencer's tell-all novel, so that for our audio listeners. He says this is this could have been a great continuation of the Kindred plotline. You know, if Spencer stuck to, to the plot he seemingly was building up to, and in PAD's old fractured soul. And yes, I understand that, completely understand that, Brian. But I, I still think, and even though that Bleeding Cool basically ran cover on this, I still think 
that they were working off of Spencer's plots. Spencer left prematurely. I honestly think Spencer was going to stay through 900. I think that was always the plan. And then this was going to kind of jump on. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, plans got changed late last year. And I, I just you can't convince me otherwise because you look at the way Spencer was writing and, and Brian's a writer. So, Brian, you can you can kind of see the, the voice, the tone, the tenor. It, you, you read stuff from, you know, issue 39 and then read issue 50 and then read issue 75. And it doesn't feel like the same writer of the previous two that was in that last one. And so that's 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 where my frustration lies, I think, with the end of the Spencer run. And we'll and we'll probably do a, a full blown autopsy one of these days when there's not, not anything coming out, but uh, I, yeah. And Brian, you know you're welcome back on the show anytime. It wasn't just a one time thing, my dude. Yeah, yeah, we we we'd like to have you on. So you have friends. Oh, absolutely different tone, different flow, different everything. Basically, and, 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 that's, and that's my point: is that you can't convince me that there wasn't issues behind the scenes. And obviously Ben was supposed to be involved in the last remains. Why wasn't he was Ben being involved? The last remains pulled out because around the same time they, they decided they're going to pull the trigger on this beyond story. That's interesting. And that, because we know that the summit took place in December of last year of like, just as ASM 55 was coming out, I think. Yeah. Just, just as we're starting to get the end of last remains, which was supposed to be just the, the halfway point of the story. I still think that there was there was going to be a, about 100 issues worth of story. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't... I'm wondering whether it was because um, Spen- whether it was because Spencer was kind of on the ropes about leaving or whether or not Cantwell... Um, I've, I made a joke by acting about can't write well, um, <laughs> which isn't true, but... Um, but he was borrowing Ben for his Iron Man run, so they just didn't want any editorial screwery behind the scenes, right? Uh, and I still don't. I mean, I get it. I don't. I don't buy that because Ben did nothing in that run. Has done nothing in Iron Man. He's just kind of sat around making jokes. He's been the comic relief of that, and it, it, yeah. which really is annoying because, like Ben. Okay, Ben's funny, but he's not like he's not like Avengers. People. He that's the problem that like Bendis that writers like Bendis have with like writing Spider-Man in a team book is that, like they do nothing but make him the funny man. Exactly. He, he, at, a, at a certain point, Peter Parker has to be something more than than the go-to hero. Because yeah. then, like, because then, because then they all talk about how annoying he is and they all hate him. <laughs> and it's like, right. man. But like, I'm what I I I managed. I kind of have this weird conspiracy theory that like Sobolski isn't really the editor in chief anymore. They just have him as like a figurehead. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know who's in charge, but it, I don't think it's Sobolski who's like, well, we think about too like, in the weeds there. Well, well, no, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm too far in because like, you know, Spencer's run got cut short. Um, who hang on, who just messaged us. That's me. Okay. Um, but like Hulk kind of, derailed for a bit before it got back on is kind of the kind of times well with covid kind of knocking everything off course but like you know house of x powers of 10 uh they extended it past its past its due date even though supposed he was more than one i think to give hickman free reign um like on their major titles you can see like a major change of course 
around the time COVID hit or like as they were beginning to recover. And um, I don't know. I, I might, I might honestly just be seeing things, but I think that um, like the kid, like the, the kids from the nineties running the asylum is a bit truer than we give it credit for. Right. Yeah. Cause that's what Wells yeah. basically said. Yeah. It's one of those things where I just think that it's really interesting to see how different things are now. Like she hulks like, and I'm wondering who's in charge now because she hulks coming like she hulks back to normal after being absolutely eviscerated in Jason Aaron's Avengers run. So like, I'm, I'm just wondering like who's in charge right now and who's calling the shots because I'm not, I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> I, 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 I use She-Hulk she as a reference because like that's the character I've been the most upset about by Jason Aaron's Avengers run. Ghost Rider is a, as a close second. Well, it, didn't they like make her savage She-Hulk and like she's roided out like beyond? Like, yeah, she's roided out. Like you know, she's not fun anymore. And like Aaron spends an entire issue like dunking on people who hate his characterization of her Dude, during Aaron, during War of the Realms. But like we're get, but like judging by the have you have you seen Jen Bartel's cover of She Hulk and like Rainbow Rowell's uh, commentary like interview with Marvel? No, like they make like a huge deal about her like being back to base, like being regular She Hulk again. Like Gee, there's a big there's a big emphasis on it. Gee, it's almost as if people they, like people like She Hulk. Maybe that there's also a Disney Plus series that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Got to get that synergy. Got to get those synergy yeah. bucks. Maybe we should probably get her back to basics whenever people, a lot of people, are going to be exposed to the character probably for the first time. Yep. You think? Yep. I mean, oh, um, do we want to talk about the new Silk series? Wait for Paul to get in here so we can kind of talk more about yeah, Beyond. That's more time for Paul to get out of here. Buying, I'm buying you time, Paul. You owe me. You owe me a. <laughs> Yo, me a slushy at Sonic. Screen. We'll talk about the new Silk series. Okay. Oh, you want me to send you a link? Share your screen. Oh, okay. Hang on. I'm I'm pulling it up and I'm pulling it up on Firefox right now. Hang on. So, um, for those of you who read uh, Takeshi Miyazawa and Maureen Gu's Silk Run, uh, you're getting more Miyazawa. You're not Yay. getting more, but you're not getting more marine goo. Oh, um, so Silk is back in a new in a new five issue miniseries, uh, or is is it a miniseries? Wait, it doesn't say it's a mini. It may be an ongoing. Whoa! <laughs> Wait, is that Games Radar? Yeah, it's Games Radar. So the source is Games Radar from GamesRadar.com, aka so, Newsarama.com. So, aka Good CBR. Yeah. So, aka good aka I'm good bleeding I'm cool with the guy that does <laughs> um comic should be good and and the the comic book comic book legends he's actually a nice guy yeah he's a his stuff is good oh, i know i'm just if you, if you see like all their mcu equals x-men stuff jesus oh, christ <laughs> they're, they're the worst but um <laughs> anyways um Silk will return in 2022 with a new comic book series uh, written by Emily Kim as first broken by She Knows, which I'm guessing is like a female pop culture slash entertainment site. 
Um, now that she's truly gotten over her past, she hasn't. Um, she's still going to therapy <laughs> for it. You never get over your past. Um, Silk realizes she hasn't spent any time considering her future, which is leaving her a bit lost. If anything, Sydney's in the same existential crisis that many women experience in their lifetime, asking questions like, am I doing enough? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And see, I kind of this is why I've kind of always liked Silk post-slot, is that she kind of touches on like existential questions that I had and have had and currently have. Um, especially now that I'm out of college and I'm kind of figuring out my life out, this, this question actually kind of hits me a little harder than it should. Um, right. But it delves more into Cindy's uh, Korean American identity and heritage, uh, specifically what Marvel calls ancient Korean magic, along with a new wave of social media popularity for the character. And this kind of builds off of not the Korean magic, but the social media stuff that Cindy's, you know, a journalist and, the last run, the last mini that she had with Marine Goo had Cindy kind of dealing with getting doxxed on Instagram by uh, a criminal entrepreneur. Um, social media popularity will come to affect Silk, which is ironic because she's someone who knows very little about social media. She doesn't get any of it, which highlights out how, how she's out of touch with her own generation and will be essential for how Cindy cracks the mystery of the series. Uh, in Hayek Lee has drawn the primary cover with variants planned by Audrey Muck, Davy Davigo, and Rico. I, I guess that's how you pronounce it. It's R1CO, which I'm guessing is Rico, just spelled fancily. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Ladies and gentlemen, I won. <laughs> Be thug! The myth himself. It in the house. He's no longer a mythical creature. He exists. The unicorn exists. Boy. If, if you die, do I get your magic? Yeah, hi guys. Hi, hi Paul. <laughs> we missed oh, you. Paul, you didn't answer my question. I do, do I get your magic if I kill you? The good news is, is that Paul gets to come in here and give his uh, unbridled thoughts. Doesn't have yeah. to do the recap like he complains about every time. So this like, whole, it, hey Paul, I cut it down. Man. I cut it down to ten minutes just for you. Be thankful. Wait, ten minutes of recaps? <sighs> yeah, remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? Of both issues. Let me be clear. Of both issues. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> you could do better. You could do a little better, little man. But you're, but get, you're getting there. Get props for that, Neil. Okay, hey. next time I'll just okay. Next time, Paul, I'll just recap ASM seventy seven as Spider Man fights the robot master. The end. There you go. The end. That's, that's all I need. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then so, and, and Peter's still in a coma or something. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. So, am I giving my my thoughts on both issues back to back? Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. Just yeah. you know, that's kind of what we did. We kind of malcolm. Give me, give me give me some grades. Yeah. Get 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 the grade. Yeah. That's um, my. Uh, I, I would say it's seventy five. It's seventy five and seventy six, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna go with seventy five as um, I'd give it a, I give it a, yeah, I give it an A. I, I really like that. Oh. Um. Yeah. Damn, now I, we can was, now we can have some actual conflict on this show. Is there's agreeing <laughs> with each other all the time? I, I'll, be, I'll I'll be honest. I have no idea what anyone is anyone's opinions are. So you're. Everyone's guess. We basically it was like B's across the board. Yeah, it's just you're the major DV. You're the major deviation. The B plus. Adam's grade was a B and a B. Mine was a B minus and a B minus. Okay. I actually almost gave seventy five a C. Wow, and it stinks because my because I've been closing so much at work that I I've been miss I 
I'm missing all this stuff. And I had to stay late. And it was just, ugh. Um, so um, anyway, so I, I feel bad, which I, I hopefully will not be closing every night of my life like I've been doing lately. Um, so anyway, as I was saying, I, I give it an, I give the first one an A because I thought the art was impeccable. It was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Leeson's art is so good. His storytelling is great. Um, I thought Zeb Wells' script was really for the most, I have one minor gripe, which I'll get that, that that in a second. I'm curious what you guys all think of this, but um, for the most part, I thought Zeb's script was pretty on, like pretty, pretty on the money. It was pretty, it flowed really well. I thought the dialogue for the most part was good, and I gotta be honest, I dig the UFOs being in this. I love the UFOs. Yep, yep, Paul, right here. Give me a give me five, boy. Yeah, See, and, and I'm the exact opposite of you. Well, what? I, the, the, I don't know anything. About he wanted the wrecking crew. Yeah, he wanted the wrecking crew. Like, like, okay, okay, hang on. Let me re- let me explain. I'm not a Hulk guy. Oh, okay. The wrecker. Like, like listen. <laughs> oh, I'm big and dumb. I have a crowbar. <laughs> I don't care. Like, like, at least I've seen them fight Spider-Man before. The UFOs. I don't recall the UFOs and Spider-Man fighting. Well, you got you got you got to you got to lose your fight virginity at some point, Zach. So, man, I hate. No, hold on. I'd hate for you to be the editor when Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. were pitching their not uh, <laughs> Because there had been there had, Boom! there had been interactions with Juggernaut prior to that story. No, like, wait, no, you are wrong. You are wrong, sir. Where? Damn, now we're getting some now we got some conflict. Yeah, baby. I thought that there was a there was a guest appearance with Spider-Man. It, in like the seventies, where he he took on the the juggernaut. I, okay. I'm and, enjoying and this. Okay, now hold on. The only thing I can think of, and I'm trying, because I because remember I and I'm not saying I know all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I know all. But I I recently did a chrono. I've been doing a chronological read of Spider Man. Uh-huh. I'm positive that the only time they met was the first time they met was on. When he was going after Madame Webb, I'm positive. Okay, I'm positive. But I could be wrong. That's the that's the French pronunciation. Is Madame in English? Madame. Madame is French. Yeah. yeah. But uh, listen, write me in the comments. Let me know if I'm if I'm completely wrong or if Paul's. Wrong. I could be wrong too. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I think Brian's calling you out, Zach. He did fight them in the breakout uh, mini. Okay. But that that mini series. Oh. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Anybody that read that piece of garbage, like that's a no. Don't Please. be a continuity. Don't be a continuity cop out. Damn. Be a continuity cop. Yeah, listen. No. You nope. You can't. You can't back out now. You you. you they got you on technicality. You little rat. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Recap heaven. Are you lost yet? No. Um. I, so like, I get. I get what you're saying, Paul. The UFOs are a unique villain to start with. I just it, they. Listen, I don't have a connection to it. Okay, and listen, I I will be honest with you. I didn't until I read. Um, thank you. Uh, I didn't read. I didn't really care about them. I knew them a little bit. I didn't know that well them that well. It was through uh, my reread of Bill Mantlow's uh, Hulk run when they were introduced that I, I found them. And and by Sal Buscema, by the way, designed originally by by Sal Buscema. Okay. Um, and uh, really, which Mantlow's Hulk run is is phenomenal. If you want to get Legit, like you want to read the only Hulk stuff you need to read: Mantlo, David, and then Ewing. 
That's all you need to do. Yeah. Take those three. That's like the trilogy of Hulk stuff. Like, I mean, what about, I love Great Pack. What's that? What about Jenkins? I, I've never read Jenkins, so I can't really say. I've heard good things, but and I like Greg Pack. Greg Pack is good too, but yeah. um, in fact, I would say he's almost the fourth one. But he does it just doesn't quite get the right there, you know. But I love Pack, uh, Pack, whatever his name is. He's he's great. Yeah. Um, all that being said, I, I like the UFOs. I thought it was a really creative thing to bring in the uh, the bring in Spider Man and uh, have get rid of Peter, which. I think we all assumed that Kindred was going to kick the crap of out of Spider-Man in Amazing Spider-Man 7. He kind of did. Well, well they kind of did. They not really though cuz he was fine. Anyway, but yeah. like, whatever. He, he got he got he got beat up a little bit. He gave a little they gave him a little yeah. scrape on the knee. Well, anyway. <laughs> Ow, my knee. Here's the deal. So, here's the deal. I I just think that um, it was a, a great solid issue. I thought it was a great introduction to Ben. I liked them together. I, I just thought it was really flowed really well. The one thing I thought was weird, and maybe I'm a prude, or I'm not sure if it's right even terminology, so forgive me. Oh, is it going to uh, be the... What... No, no, not Go prude. ahead. Not, 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 um, Puritan. It's, it's Peter Swe- It's Peter Swery. It's weird to me. Like, it's... I. I uh, yeah. I, I feel is, like I'm the only is, one who doesn't really care about that for some reason. I, I'm okay with Peter swearing I mean, in, like in, this, in, in, in like case. small. I'm I'm fine with Peter occasionally swearing. I swear like a I, just, I, I want to be very clear. I swear a lot. And sure, Peter's a Peter's a better man than us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's I, I supposed feel to be. Peter yeah. is, he's a little more of a goody two shoes. He's not quite Steve Rogers, but he's not too far off either. In my opinion, that's he's not Wolverine. <laughs> no. It felt like very, and this was something that me and Neil said. It felt very brand new day like. Yes, that is true. Yeah. And that was that was that is a con because it kind of again. I feel like this is better set up, and it is better set up for with brand new day. There's more justification for Peter being brand new dayish than there was in the original brand new day. Exactly for the plot, it does it does fit because of what just happened. I kind of want I kind of want to pick Paul's brain on this. What do you think of Peter kind of being back at like you know ground zero again, like you know back back in like credit card debt, back you know back like having money troubles again, being a loser, being or being. Well, I I didn't get a chance to reread it. I wanted to. I meant to do it this week um, before the show. I. But if I'm not mistaken, they reference Parker Industries on a couple of times too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah they do. The auto auto um, trademarking the name. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was, which again, I thought again, I thought it was a really good use of character and uh, or of, of of continuity. Again, uh, again, yeah. you may not always love the continuity, like kind of Neil was kind of saying, but you know, but you're, you're acknowledging it and making it useful to whatever you're doing. That's, that's what, that's what the the best comic book writer, mainstream comic book writers do. Right. They, oh, no, I thought, I thought I actually kind of want to touch on that. Cause I thought that like, you know, them using the trademark was actually kind of a clever callback yeah. to uh, the Parker, not necessarily the Parker industry stuff, but like, you know, Peter having to yet again face Otto's consequences. Right. No. Yeah. No. That yeah. I think that's great. Which yeah. Spencer, which, which Spencer uh, brought into us. Right. So I, I, mean, I think, I think one of the things that kind of, makes it sit a little bad and doesn't really work for me is that like spencer did it with um like a bit of dripping irony like when yes. when peter's when peter's paper gets when peter's uh, at esu in the first issue of spencer's run um he's saying like i love having the respect of my peers for once and then when he gets played when he finds out he's plagiarized um he looks over and goes oh no not the respects of my peers 
There was a certain tinge of irony that Spencer gave Peter that I think really worked. It just doesn't feel like that, there, that sense of irony I'll is say, there in this book. And I know, I know that Paul may disagree with me. Really? But, I may disagree. Ben's voice felt off. I will say this. I I, re, I if we if we had reviewed seventy five the day it came out, I would have probably given it a C. However, 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 Stephen A. Smith style, um, Jesse Lee Peterson, seventy six improved seventy five for me because yeah. when I get seventy six, I'm going okay. That's more like the bin that I know. It okay. did a lot more. It did a lot of retroactive fixing. I think seventy six. Right. Here's, here's the deal. Here's my here's my take on Ben. And I I understand uh, Zach where you're coming from because if we're going by the whole arc of Ben over the years, then yes, like it is a little off. But let's be real. They have they've pretty much ditched that that whole idea of Ben completely. And if, if going the Peter David like and and the Dan Slot route of like this wacko Ben. Which I'm still not a fan of, but it, here, here's what I will say. Here's what I will say about this in particular uh, characterization of Ben. It feels like they're finally doing an amalgam of both of the versions, and we're, we're getting some kind of uh, common denominator. Meaning, like, there's going to be some kind of uh, merging of the two things. So therefore, we're going to get that old school Ben again. He wants to get Pierce respect, he and all that, but he's also going to be a little bit different. And I, and I'll go, I gotta be honest. I don't blame them because you can't really have two Peters running around, right? Like, because Ben yeah. Riley, let's be real, he was Peter 2.0. It's not like he was his own character. He went through his own things, but he's very much very similar to Peter. Now, in, a, in a in a meta sense, to pick up where you went, where you came up with that, Paul, Ben was kind of the reset button they needed. Or wanted yeah. like it, we joke about day, yeah. we joke we joke about how like it was the they, literal back to basics how they want Peter like single and young and you know yeah. swinging yeah. single and you know even though he had this great love of his life you know yeah. he, he was he was still a swinging Chad on a between yeah. Jessica and Desiree and everything but but uh, but the thing is with and with and because of that because he, he did it he was a little bit he was a little bit edgier than than the Peter Parker he right? became Carnage. But, but <laughs> for for two issues, I, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. So, but with all that being said, though, I, I think that giving Ben a little bit more of a distinct personality is smart, and I feel like that's what we're getting out of this. Whereas I felt slot, no, I, and I, I'm a slot uh, defender, you know. To you guys, Columbus Fantasy, no, it was awful, terrible. But <laughs> if Peter, I don't think Peter David, which I love Peter David a lot. This is not an indictment on him because he was d given the delt. He was given a. A, you know, a guideline, right? Um, I thought he didn't do much to improve that. So it, it almost felt like it went from an eh, eh, to now Zeb, it feels like Zeb is fixing that. And we're getting a best of the both worlds of, we're getting a different Ben. It's not ben, it's not Peter 2.0 or a little bit edgier. It's, it's, it's his own distinct personality. I will say because you've got clone conspiracy and his own weird, wacky, solo series that peter david wrote which is still bonkers to me when i think about oh, uh, that series that's it, bonkers when i reviewed that on csc and, and i was doing it basically in real time oh yeah, <laughs> i recorded that it well in the end makes no 
god dang sense. Well, it just ended. It just ended, right? It just ended. Um, well, but and then they had to basically go back on. It, it was even worse than that. It not just ended. It, it went back on its original premise. The entire story that was being set up by Peter David. That's right. Because death, right? Was, was supposed to be. Yeah, it was supposed to. It was end with his death, and they're like, "Oh no, we need him back for Spider Gad." Just kidding. But you know, but here's the deal, and this is why I think that I, I'm actually grateful because I think Zeb and the team are good night, Sofo. Um, what I think what the Zeb and the team are doing are, are maybe improving this. And I think that while we're, we're leading up to the marriage, which I can only pray that we are, um, with all that, I think that they're also going to, it looks like they're improving Ben's character. And I think adding, bringing his old love interest in, I think we're going to, I think we're still going to get there. I don't, I don't think it's going to be overnight. I mean, or over issue. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh We'll see. I, I liked it a lot, I, but again, I don't think Peter should swear a ton. I thought he swore too much in the co- once. Okay, if he, he started bringing like, but he did every. Wasn't only once. I thought it was just no, once it was in the issue. No, it was twice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was twice. I mean, this is the same debate we uh, that I remember having about Peter Parker and the MC saying, "Holy shit!" Oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> but, you know, the MCU version is a completely different character at this point. Just, just yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It, but no. So, okay. What's your grade on the second issue? So the second issue, I'm gonna say is a little bit less. Um, I'm gonna say probably um, a B, B minus. I'll say, I'll say B. I don't think it was bad. It just um, the art was great. Uh, it just kind of, I don't know. I. I Seeing Peter, I'm very interested where they're going with it. I, I guess the reason why I didn't like it is that it's weird that Peter all of a sudden is is just dying. And it's let's be real here, guys. It almost <laughs> feels like this is Nick Lowe and company needed needed to put Peter out of commission. And yeah. it's not because of, of a story reason. It's because of an editorial like we got we got to take Peter out. We got to figure out what we're gonna do for the next like year. So how do we take him out of commission yeah. the fastest? And how can we buy ourselves time? I got it, a nuclear nuclear bomb. <laughs> right now, now, now again, brilliant. I do, I I do like what they're doing. It just it does it did feel a little bit more like oh this is more of them trying to buy their buy themselves some time. It okay. did feel it's all just, that. It's all just so odd. Yeah, I think like it yeah. felt like them jobbing them out. I'm gonna be, I kind of, I kind of like this way of taking him out though. It could, it wasn't no, like, I, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like Sinister War where like Peter just got the crap kicked out of him for four issues. No, like yeah, this, yeah. This, this feels like a very, this feels like a very well thought out exploitation right. of Peter's and, 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 biology. And that's, why, and that's why I'm giving it a B because I really like creative. Again, I like, like UFOs and I like the creativeness of like, okay, what would happen if this radioactive mist would go into Peter and you know make amplify mm-hmm. everything. Um, that was interesting. And then now you have that whole thing with, you know, Ben. And again, it improved Ben's, I think, characterization a little bit more because it felt like he's like, yeah, I was going to ask him, but, you know, but really I was going to do it anyway. I, I don't I, I just, I like that. I, I like the fact that, that Ben is being torn because he wants to do what's right to Peter because that's who, you know, who he is. But he also is his own man. So we're getting a different, we're getting a more clear, uh, different path for Ben characterization and Peter's yeah. characterization. And the fact that now going forward, which I don't want to kill off Ben, let's keep him around. I don't, I don't think they're going to, 
So, but it'd be cool to have in the future if he, if the Scarlet Spider returns, there's going to be that instead of like Miles is my, you know, my sidekick or not my sidekick, but like my younger protege. Protege, now, yeah. Yeah, but now with with Ben, there's going to be that we're not, we don't always see eye to eye, and I think that's cool. They're kind of setting that up, but they're still going to be close and have that history. So that's what they're setting up. Again, I thought I thought Zeb's uh, um, script was solid. I actually think Zeb's kind of he's doing a good job, and they're him and Pat are a, a great team. So I'm I, I'm interested where it goes. It wasn't as good as I thought the first issue. First issue really I thought had a good pizzazz, but I think it's mainly because Peter and Ben were together, and that was a cool thing to see. But you know, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe I'm just a mean Bobini. I I think that the like the kind of regression of Peter being like you know treated as not necessarily the butt of the joke, but. It's not as bad as Brand New Day, if that makes any sense, but like it kind of feels like Zeb Brand Wells is kind of falling back on old habits. Uh, Brand New Day era was very incredibly pervasive with that. One person I want to hear more from, Adam. Speak. It's Speak, me. little man. Hi, <laughs> Adam. Um, well, you see, well, I agree with everyone about the art. I thought the art was really good. Uh, I like, well, especially in 76... When he's doing, uh, when Pat Gleason's doing those like Spider Sense panels, those are really interesting and unique and different. And it's like, yeah, good, good, <laughs> good, good for him doing that. That that's really cool stuff. Um, these issues are these issues are weird to me because I feel like we this arc just kind of feels like filler. Like what Paul was saying, like, you know, got to buy ourselves some time. Yeah. And, you know, we got six months of this. It's 19 issues. Yeah. It's like, OK. It's 19, yeah, it's 19. It's exactly 19. It, it, you kinda... But it isn't. There are tie ins. <laughs> there are even I, more. There's more beyond. Oh, yeah. You, you, you've got you've got. You, well, not only that, but Peter, but Ben's also appearing in other books. He's appearing in uh, Devil's Reign. He's doing a Death of Doctor Strange tie in. Uh, I am but, looking for. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. But you know, I I guess for me, what I am kind of just kind of like you said, Adam. It's it's the, the the fact that Nick Loeb specifically said in the Spider-Man title, it's not like it's you know he didn't say yeah. It's a, here here's the you know I, to me the smart thing would have been like hey it's is a new run. Don't say how many issues it is because right. you're kind of tipping your hand a little yeah. bit. And it feels like exactly. when he said that, I went uh why are you telling me how long it's going to be because I... yeah. I, I think, think this is like because, I think, oh, sorry. It's because this is essentially we're doing Superior Spider-Man again, but we're taking this like new Ben who's sort of all of a sudden getting everything he's ever wanted and he's being backed by a shady corporation and there's no way that this is going to end badly, <laughs> you know? So they're like You mean end okay, well? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's no way this is going to end well. It's going to end badly. Um, so I think what they're, I think they're kind of like, on the one hand, yeah, it's like they they want us to kind of be reassured that this is not going to be forever, like uh, Superior was going to be forever. They're like, this has a shelf life. Who knows what the hell they're going to be doing leading up to 900 after. But they're like, yeah, guys, this is temporary. Peter will be back again someday. What was that, Zach? It's almost as if they're trying to be, you know, fair to the fan base. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely like a like as opposed to like Slocko and like this is gonna last forever, guys. There's nothing you can do about it. They're saying like, yeah, this is only gonna yeah. be like this is like a this is like a little this is a little, I think it's also like a market like a PR thing. 
Yeah. Like if this doesn't go well, they can just say, well, we only plan for this to be like a short diversion. Yeah. Here's back. Here you go. Here's Jed McKay. I don't know. I, I, want, Jed I want Jed McKay. I want Jed McKay to write ASM. That's that, that's what I want. I You know, I, I kind of think that unless – it depends what happens, but I, I almost feel that they're going to go with this whole um, brand new day-ish uh, mentality of different writers right now. Um, for a while, at least, to see. I mean, we all know for a while, but even after the 19 issues, I think I don't think there's going to be a Spencer again, especially considering what happened with Spencer. The fact they kind of left them high and dry, or they also have to deal. They also deal with Substack in general as as competition. Like Substack's gonna have like those six figure grants. They got to compete with that. They can't do like the. They can't get just one person. I don't think to. It's yeah. gonna be one of those things that it's going to radically alter exclusivity contracts than Marvel's would. I can't wait. I want to see how this goes. Here's the thing. Now, they have unlimited freaking resources. They, 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 Marvel should be paying top, top dollar. You've got Disney money. You're telling use me it. Some of the, you can't use some of the profits from the MCU and your billions of dollars that you've made? You can fund, you can, you can fund literally like six or seven movies off of Endgame's profits. Not only can you fund those movies, you, you're telling me you can't fund, fund the publishing division, which is basically a free IP factory for you. you you're telling me you can't pay these people, you know, more, far more than they've ever been paid before. You're telling me you can't lure people from DC that way with that much money? Well, I mean, they, they don't have to. DC's not paying them at all. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you're telling me you can't go poach the top talent at DC by offering them. They did. They got Gleason. Well, besides Gleason, I, I mean, but uh, uh, what other defections besides besides Gleason and, and uh, Ram V? Ram V, yeah. yeah. The guy who's writing Venom. Okay, so yeah. yeah. They got Ramita Jr. Didn't, didn't they hear? Didn't I, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, though, Zach. I agree with you. I, I don't think you're wrong either, though. I, I I see what you're saying, and I think we're we're just I, we're just we're just doing this back and forth for a bit. <laughs> but you know, but I, I will say I, I'm with you, and I, I don't. But at the same time, I'm not sure if it is is it help. I mean, great. I love having a distinct vision, but maybe that's where they're going to lean on an editor having that vision more than they had were before. Because Nick Lowe, it seems like he's he's hands off for the most part, but it seems like he's more hands on now. This was his idea. I, I think that this it's been was confirmed that this is his idea. Oh, he just he just needs the riders as vehicles. Well, I mean that's the it's the first time we've seen that since Nick Lowe has taken over because basically Nick Lowe has has let slot drive the bus for however long he's been that he was on. I think he was on two volumes, and then he he let Spencer drive the bus. So yeah, okay. I mean, listen, I'm interested to see it. Although I, was, I think. Mr. Lowe, if you would like to come on the show, we'd love to have you. We'd love to, we'd love to have these discussions with you. So, although I do think that Zeb is kind of the, I've I've heard him be uh being described as the showrunner for lack of a better yeah. term. And you know, I I gotta be honest. I know everyone hates Shed, and I don't think Shed is great. But I think part of it's also the art is not. It's just kind of it's it's, it's, it's some of Bachello's worst before like modern day Bachello. But and. and the Bacello part does not help. I, it doesn't I, help. It hurts it a lot. I, I also think some of the implications that the that some oh, yeah. of the readers got into it got very dark. And I think if it had been a little bit, 
for lack of a better term, more explicit about it not being as bad as we're thinking it is. Um, I think it would have been probably a little bit better received, but I, I, I would agree. But that that being said, I thought Zeb, I've, I've I've really enjoyed his first brand new day arc a lot. I've, I've gone on record saying yeah. that I thought. I, I well, think really I fun. think Zeb's also kind of matured as an as an art as a writer. Yeah, for like, sure. Like yeah. brand new day, I don't think it, it wasn't his first jaunt in the park, but you know, it it was certainly not like he certainly he wasn't as seasoned as he is now. That's like what a ten year gap in writing Spider Man. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yes, yeah, so, so he's written. He like I, I've cited his Ant Man and Hellions as like examples that he's definitely gotten better as a writer. Well, and listen, I mean Zeb Wells helped and Supermansion. Uh, he helped basically. I mean, he was. I think Sam Keith ultimately did the final issues of, of Peter Parker Spider Man, uh, Volume Two. But I mean, Zeb Wells came in. He had to. He had to come in and and pick up the pieces from Paul Jenkins. While Jenkins was off developing uh, Spec, and you know he did a those most of those stories were fine. The the MTV Spider-Man story is bonkers and unintentionally hilarious in very much of its time. But yeah, I think Zeb Wells can he can write. Uh, he uh, you know um, he just doesn't need an editorially driven I, narrative. As I said earlier, uh, Paul, I feel. We're in the middle of the story, so I, I'm going to reserve judgment on the on the voice of Ben till we get to the end. But uh, like I say, I, to me, going back and rereading 75 after I read 76 made 75 better. And if that's going to be the way the, the rest of these books are, that when you you're going to sit back and you're going to you know reread like we kind of like what we did with Spencer with this show, um, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So. I, I I I firmly believe it's going to be somewhere in this vein that his characterization and his voice. I, I don't think it's going to be much different. And I'll be honest, like, like I said, I don't know if I just I don't I want anything different. I don't I don't really have an issue with Ben. And I, again, he's not my favorite. I love Ben and I love Scarlet Spider. I mean, they're very clear. But I I'm not beholden to the original um, uh, Clone Saga only because of that reason of. You can't have a Peter 2.0 and the and running around the Marvel universe that's just a little bit edgier. You have to give him some distinct personality. I, in my opinion, again, maybe you could disagree with me, I, but I don't think that version of Ben, the Clone Saga, the original Clone Saga, is that much different than Peter. And I don't, and I think you have to give him some kind of agency that's a lot, a lot different. And I think they're now. Granted, I don't think Slot and Peter David is the answer, but I think somewhere in the yeah. middle which I think they're giving us is going to be it. So I think prepare yourself mentally for it being somewhere in here, unless it, there's a complete heel turn that he becomes evil or something like that. Right. Um, I think this is probably the voice we're going to get of pit bed, which if that's the case, I feel like I, this, I think, yeah, that's good. I think it's, I, I, I do think that the ultimate goal is the rehabilitation of Ben Riley. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. And I, and I did, and I kind of, I, I talked to Mike about this a while, like when ASM seventy five came out, and I kind of made the point that like this is their attempt to, and Adam kind of also addressed this, but this is kind of their attempt at doing a more easily to a, a superior that's easy to bounce back from, like auto, auto existed in a narrative that required reality to bend and people to be chronically stupid for the narrative to operate effectively, and as 
the plot tightly as it did. Not the characters drove the plot. And, and by and by the time that Peter came back in ASM th- in Superior Number Thirty One, his reputation was so thoroughly damaged that like it it took a literal reboot of the universe to come back from it. It it took ignoring it took breaking reality and putting it back together for Peter to be seen as reputable in the in the MU again. The, this to, to me, it. it's been a while. I have to reread like this. at, at yeah. least for the first at least for the first five or six issues. I'll I'll amend it there. Like for the first six issues of the 2014 run, like everyone was constantly going, like, "Why? What are you talking about? Why? What are you talking about, Doc Ock? Why are you not an asshole anymore?" <laughs> um, but like at least here, Ben's Ben can chafe a little bit. Like he can be a bit more prickly, but. Like not in a way that like when Peter comes back he'll be like why are you different? Yeah. So, uh, again, I so I, like I say I'm really looking forward to this run. I you know I I gave him B's or B minuses. Yeah. Uh, where's Gog? Solid issues. I, I, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I like to know who 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 got Gog in the divorce. Uh, is he yeah. staying with Randy? Um, is you know, expensive has he? him. I, I do. Spencer has him. Spencer, Spencer from the Substack. I do want to see some stuff with Fred. Like, like he's, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. I know, dead. I know, Fred, I know Fred's dead, but I'm, I'm like, like Fred is dead. Randy and Peter, like, kind of you memorializing Fred. You know, their their former roommate. You know, I'm and going. I hate that guy. Yeah. Right. But like, <laughs> see, that would be perfect. You know, I'd be like, God, I, I love him, but I hate that Am guy. Am I forgetting where Fred died? He died in issue seventy four. It was, no, it, was, it was seven, it was Sinister War number four. Remember, he bought Peter some time and the superior foes nah, turned on and the superior foes it was, turned on. It was very quick, and it, there was yeah. not a lot of room it, for it, that. Yeah, if depending on how you depending on how you read it, it's either a slighted Spencer or Spencer taking his toys and putting them back in the box. Yeah. Darker. Probably both. So um yeah. I, I think we've pretty well thoroughly discussed these two issues, guys. I'm so um, bad. I hate coming on late. Start later. Okay. So come on later. Oh, hang on, real quick. Since I've since I've got you on the line, Paul. Silk Mini, or new Silk series. Your thoughts? Yeah, new Silk series. Um, I had no idea there was even a new Silk series. To be honest. It just got announced today. So. Uh, who's who's doing the uh, writing the art? It's um, Emily Kim. It's not Marine Goo. It's someone new. Yeah, I have, the artwork's I the same. You need, you need to you need to invite me on your on your show so we can talk about the yeah the whole so, mini. Uh, Paul, you missed the announcement. Yeah, what is it? No Marvel Legends this week. Nope. Yeah, Marvel <laughs> I love Marvel uh, Legends. Uh, Pulse guns going on this weekend, um, but the announcement is that this is my last Spidey dude experience from the great state of Nebraska. I'm officially. I'm not. I'm not taking your bait, Venkman. Stop it. I'm not talking about colors. Does that mean you can? Does that mean you can start a little bit later for me on Wednesdays? No. Uh, that's again. You'll have to talk to my wife. Um. Just, 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 I, I I can't help it. I gotta stay late. Just uh, it sucks. I hate time zones. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll def. Oh, but I will definitely try to um, show up on on uh, the comic binge. Yes. Please comic show binge. Up uh, follow, follow Paul at Herman22 on Twitter. All right, so with that, gentlemen, I believe we're going to start wrapping this episode up. Our first episode of season two. 
Thanks for watching. Ooh. Yeah, boy, new graphic. Yeah, Good job, Neil. To Neil for the graphics. Okay, if you want to follow us on our social medias, you can follow us at Spider Dude Radio, at Spider Dude Radio Network on Facebook and Instagram, uh, at Spider Dude Radio Network on YouTube. That's the YouTube page, so youtube.com slash Spider Radio Network. Our voicemail line is 818 925 6631. And if you want to leave us an email, you can always leave us an email for the show on our email address at spideredradionetwork at gmail.com. Big thanks once again to our Patreon subscribers, Vinkman, Scott, Jurgen, and Greg. Once again, go to patreon.com for more exclusive goodies. Leave us a review. Give us five stars on your favorite podcasting app. Let us know how we're doing. And we will play that feedback on the show. More stuff to come. Thanks again for watching. Here's on to season two. It is beyond our expectations. Thanks again for watching. Thanks again for listening. If you're listening to the audio version, once again, thank you. And you can find us available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and so much more. It's as well. Thanks again for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time.